you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Pastor Trent Sharon as he comes to open his heart and the word of the Lord today. Come on, CLC. Give him a great big God bless you. Oh, come on. Let's give that hand clap to the Lord. He's well deserving. Aren't you thankful your presence of the Lord is in this place? I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came this morning. I made a decision to come this morning, and so did you. You can be seated. Man, what an awesome, awesome looking group of people. Well, Not everybody, but pretty close to everybody. Let's let's give our praise team a hand. They ushered us into the presence of the Lord. Awesome job. I'm so thankful to be here. Such an honor. Thank you, Pastor Jordan, for allowing me to be here today. And I'm excited about what God's going to do. Come back tonight. We're going to have more fun than we are this morning. Because I'm going to be speaking to the kids tonight. Not... I enjoy speaking to kids because they don't have to judge everything I say. They just believe it. And they think I'm funny. And I understand that looks aren't everything, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm thankful I'm here. It's a bright light on me, and I'm excited about that. I just got a new haircut and uh, had it thinned out in the middle so I look a little uh, more intelligent. But I don't know if it's working for me or not. I... uh, I, was, I, was, I heard a story about this young man that was in uh, way, way, way deep in Arkansas. I mean, his zip code was E-I-E-I-O. So he, he, was, he was way out there in the woods, and he went to a camp meeting service. It was an old brush harbor back in the day, and they had, a, they had the sawdust on the floor. And, and he, he was there, and he listened to the preacher preach, and he made a decision. The preacher was preaching about the plan of salvation, that you need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, that happened to this young man. He got so excited. He, he, he repented of his sins. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he could not stop telling people about Jesus. He, he was so excited. And so he's in this little small community, rural community. And so they take him into the big city. He had never been in the big city before. He was in all of the buildings. He was in all of the people. He couldn't, he'd never seen this many people in his life. So they took him to the mall, and he was in the mall, and he was standing there at one of the, like a Dillard store, and he was, he was talking to this family, and it was the husband, the wife, and the two kids. They were just dressed to a tee. And he began to share with them about Jesus. Well, the manager of the store walked over to him, and he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm telling these people about Jesus. The manager said, they're mannequins. 
He said, I don't care what denomination they are. They need to know who Jesus is. So that's how I kind of feel this morning. It doesn't matter what denomination you feel you are. You need to know who Jesus is. Aren't you thankful that you do know who Jesus is? And more importantly, aren't you thankful that he knows who you are? Aren't you thankful that one day, one day you made a decision and you made a decision and you applied his name on your life and you haven't been the same since. And pastors already said it. Some of us have, would have been a long way from here today if we hadn't made a decision. And there's something about making decisions. If you choose not to decide, you made a decision. So make the right decision today and you'll be happy that you did. I'm a little frustrated about some things that happened on the way over here. Some driving, get up close to Indianapolis, you know. It's 465. So I got the loop kind of confused me. So I got on, thought I was on, then I got off and I, I went to this gas station. I asked this lady, I said, could you please tell me how to get to 465? She looked at me and she said, have you tried Weight Watchers? It's a joke, Danny. For those of you that don't know, Brother Danny was doing the uh, drums at the uh, camp that I was speaking and he couldn't keep up with my humor. But anyway, <laughs> which is just by looking at him, you can understand. Psalms 23, Psalms 23. But I, uh, I'm thankful that the Lord, the, the Bible says that the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness in the house? I'm just giving him a place to live, church. Come on. Come on, sir. And when somebody come up to me one time and say, oh, are all preachers fat? And I said, no, just the good ones. Come on, somebody help the preacher preach today. Psalms 23, if you'll stand for the reading of the word and honor of the word. This is a familiar scripture. We've seen it on walls read it, quoted it, learned it as a child, it's been used at funerals all over. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ooh, we could go home right now. We won't, but we could. And just read that scripture over and over again. But I want to draw your attention to verse 5. Thou preparest the table before me. For the next hour and 12 minutes, I want to speak on this thought. A prepared plateau. A prepared plateau. Let's ask the Lord for his help today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this privilege and opportunity. God, I'm thankful for all of these amazing people that are gathered here today. And Lord, I'm asking that you will just speak through me. Lord, I'm asking that you will minister to this crowd. Lord, you see each and every one that walked into this place. Lord, what they're up against, what they're facing. You have this prepared. You've had this planned out. You understand and know all things. And I'm praying, Lord, that you will help us to deliver your word. Pray that their hearts would be good soil, Lord, and would receive the word today. I ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated if you'll preach with me. You don't have to look at me very long to realize that I enjoy eating. And they say that cameras add 10 pounds, so that's 10, 20, 30. I can't afford it, folks. 
I did wear my carb hider today so that I could have my sweater on, but um, I, I enjoy eating, but I also, I also enjoy cooking, and uh, I, I really enjoy cooking, and um, I used to tease my wife, and I, Pastor mentioned that I have a wife and uh, four daughters. My, my girls' names are Bryn, and she is in TBC, and Brooke, she's at TBC, and she's, Bryn's 22, Brooke's 19. Breely is at home with mom, she's 12, and Braylon is at home with mom, and she's 10. So I got Bryn, Brooke, Breely, and Braylon. Yes, I'm confused already. So we just do B1, B2, B3, B4, and I just call my wife because. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> but anyway, I, I used to tease her about cooking, but that didn't really go very well because uh, it, didn't, it didn't help me at all. I used to tell her she treats me like an idol. She'll bring me burnt offerings right around dinner time. Yeah, I know. Some of you groaned about that, but it's true. So I stopped doing that, so I just used the old boy said. I'm, he said, I'm not saying my, bad, my wife's a bad cook. I'm just saying that she uses the smoke alarm for the timer. He said his wife's, so, his wife's so cooking was so awful that they would pray after the heat. <laughs> That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? <clears throat> when my mom was alive, I used to always call and ask her for recipes, and I was telling her one time, I said, Mom, when I peel onions, I cry. And she says, well, peel them underwater. And I said, can't hold my breath that long. <laughs> Some of you need to wake up a little bit this morning. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I enjoy cooking. And you know, there's something, uh, there's something different. There's something different about making a meal and preparing a meal. Okay, because you can make a pizza. You take it out of a box, throw it in there. You can make a salad, tear the bag open, dump it in there. You can make a bowl of cereal. You just open the box, pour the cereal in first, obviously, and then milk on top of it. Can I get a witness in the house? Anybody know that that's the only way to do it or the should be done, which was a very, dis very good discussion when we first got married. But there's a difference in preparing a meal. I love preparing a meal. And since it's early, we'll, st we'll talk about preparing breakfast. You, like I said, you can make cereal and just pour it in a bowl. And, but when you prepare breakfast, you, you take the time. You put some effort into it. So you get out the hickory smoked bacon. You got to get about three pounds going because that's just an, that's just a good start. And you you put that bacon in a skillet and you start frying that bacon. Now you can cook it in the microwave if you choose to, but I like to fry it in the skillet because I like everybody in the neighborhood to know that I'm cooking bacon that morning. And get that bacon going in that skillet, and then you you just you just cook it, and, and you really can't mess it up. Let's just be honest with you. Some like it a little chewy, some like it a little crisp, but it's just absolutely perfect. And and you do not waste any of that good grease. Can I get somebody to help me right now preach? I mean, this may not be good preaching, but it is good cooking. All right, so you 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 just save that grease. So you pour that grease into whatever you container that you have that grease in, and you and you just keep cooking that. I mean, at the Sheeran household, bacon grease is an essential oil. Come on, we we, we put it on everything because it it fixes everything. And so, I mean, when you're preparing this, you get that bacon out there, and you you get it all fried up, and then you take that grease and you put it back into that skillet, and then you shred up a little bit of potatoes and a little bit of onion, and you make some hash browns. Oh, man, I'm so this is so good stuff right here. And you make that hash brown with that bacon grease, and then after you get done with that. You wipe out that skillet, that right iron skillet, and then you get you some more bacon grease. Put that bacon grease in there, and you crack those farm fresh eggs real gently because you don't want them to crack open. And you, you don't have to flip them. You just kind of splash. Oh, come on, somebody. This is so good. You splash. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You that know how to cook. You splash that bacon grease on it. You don't flip that thing over and pop that yolk because you want to pop that yolk on your plate and sop it up with some toast. 
That is a prepared breakfast. Because there's some thought put into it. There's a process that you go through. You don't just throw it down and it's ready to eat. You prepare it. You take time to prepare it. And then I love prepared meals. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas time where we get out the nice china and we get out all the good things and we have the name tags. My wife is given the hospitality. She'll do little name tags and, and we have all and when we have our family over and, and it's just awesome. The seven layer salad, you know, all of those things that take time to prepare. They're not just open a bag and throw it together and it's prepared. It's planned out. You have to pay a close attention to all the smallest details. It's perfect. I'm so hungry right now, I don't even know what to do. But Philip Keller in his book, A Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23. Psalms 23 and 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. He prepares a table before us. He is ordaining something special. He is setting things in order. He's arranging things. He's laying things out. David was talking about the Lord as his shepherd. The good shepherd prepares the table or the, the mesa, the table land. It's a high plateau. It's the good feeding grounds. He goes before us in the high level, the table land, and he goes and he prepares for us this table land. He prepares us this mesa. He goes earlier in the season. To prepare for us to go to that next level. T.F. Tenney said, going through trials is not a season, it's seasoning. God is combining ingredients in your life to have a certain flavor. And so we're seasoned in the season. We were pastoring in Louisiana and somebody brought me a big pork roast. And I hadn't cooked a pork roast, so I got online and figured out how to do it. And so I was reading that you needed to use cumin. So I was like, I don't even know what cumin is. And so I looked in our, we actually had cumin in our spices. That's, that's, that's pretty, I just told you I was a good cook and now I'm telling you that I didn't know what cumin was. So I, I get the cumin out and I was looking at it and so I just kind of sprinkled some in my hand like that. And I, oh, cumin by itself is awful. But when you put it with all the other ingredients on that pork roast, it draws a flavor out of that that you didn't even know was there. Some of you are saying, why am I going through this? Why am I facing this? Why is this circumstance the way it seems to be? I just want to tell you, in itself, the circumstance doesn't taste so well. But if you'll allow God to put that seasoning on you and add some other things, he's going to draw out of you things that you didn't even know that were in you. You say, I don't know about that, preacher. Let me tell you something. If you'll stay in this thing and you'll make a decision to say, you know what? No matter comes my way, I'm going to stay in this thing. I'm trusting you, Lord. You're the good shepherd. I'm going to trust you to put me into the place that I need to be. You're preparing me for what I'm about ready to face and what I'm about ready to go through. So he's seasoning you in this season. You may be the first time you've walked into this place today, but there is a plan and there is a purpose for your life, and God knows that plan and he knows that purpose, and he is orchestrating each individual step that you're taking. You say, well, it's just a coincidence that we didn't have service today, and that's why we wanted to come and visit your church, or it was a coincidence that it snowed and we, 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 we had a day off from work or whatever. No, it's not a coincidence. There's no coincidence with the good Lord. He's got everything lined. He's into the details. He's, he's into the details, and we'll talk about 
about that a little bit later. But you're going through some things right now that are seasoning you. And so it's, he's heading you. He's already ahead of you into the next season. He knows the tableland needs preparation. It has to be a process. He prepares that plateau. He removes the poisonous weeds the good shepherd does. He clears debris from the water. He places salt minerals from them in spots where they benefit those sheep. He runs off the predators because the good shepherd knows it's a long trek up to that level. There's going to be difficulties. There will be enemies. There will be predators that come against us. There will be trouble. So he goes before us. That's why he said he leads me beside still waters. He knows that we're going to need rest. He knows that we're going to need something to drink because we're taking a trek up to that tableland, and he knows those places that we're going to. While he prepared the high place for you, the mountaintop experience, he also prepares a table. He's already ahead of the game. He knows what's going to happen in your situation. He knows what's going to happen in your meeting on Thursday. He knew that you would be here today. You didn't know that. You know, they say hindsight's 2020, but God has orchestrated all of things. He's, he's, prep, he's preparing. He's very intentional. He's very planned. He's very orderly. He places close attention to the fine print. He crosses every T. He dots every I. God is in control. And he's actively setting things up for you, preparing you. To me, this says something about how powerful God is and how personal he is in each one of our lives. Aren't you thankful that he prepares the table even in the presence of our enemies? He's not intimidated by the enemy. He says, here, I'm going to prepare this for you. They can watch me prepare this for you because it doesn't matter what the devil thinks about your decision you're going to make. Because God said, hey, if they make a decision, I'm on their side. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? Oh, you don't know, preacher. My family will probably disown me if I make a decision. You know what? I'd rather be disowned by my family and make heaven my home. <laughs> and you know what? God knows all of those things, so he may be preparing you to be prepared for your family to say, you know what? I see a change in that life. I see, man, you're a different person than you used to be. I want to see what's happening and what you're, where, you're, where you're going to church. What's going on? Why are you so different? Why when you're facing cancer can you have a smile on your face and you have a, a faith in a God that didn't choose to heal you right then? They're watching us. And so we're just preparing. He's preparing us. You know, you can still have joy in the midst of your trial. There's a difference between happiness and joy. I remember at my rehearsal dinner, my, came, my dad came up and he put his arm around me and he said, Son, you're going to look back and realize today is the happiest day of your life. I said, Dad, I don't get married till tomorrow. He said, I know, son. <laughs> but happiness is brought on by circumstance. Joy is developed through perspective. Joy doesn't depend upon the present situation. In fact, God's joy often exists despite of our circumstances. Why? Because he's prepared you to have joy in the midst of your trial. He prepared you to have peace in the midst of your storm. Why? Because he's preparing you for those things. He's seasoning you. He's taking you through the valley of the shadow of death. He's preparing you. He's preparing you. He's comforting you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I will not fear evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And this book about the shepherd was talking about a man by the name of Alan Emery. He was in the wool business, and he spent one evening with a shepherd on the Texas prairie. And he said during that night, the, 
while they were there, they heard coyotes beginning to wail off in the distance. And it just, it was piercing the air and it brought so much fear to those sheep. They begin to move around and the dogs begin to growl. The, the shepherd dogs begin to growl and there they were just they, there was it was just starting to get very tense and he said he was sitting there and as he watched he said the shepherd excuse me he began to throw logs onto the fire and he said the fire began to raise up and he said when he looked out he saw all these little eyeballs looking in to the fire and he realized the dogs were looking out into the darkness and the sheep were looking in to the shepherd and the shepherd was their safety. He was their protection. And as the sheep looked into the shepherd, they realized even though there's some noise out there, even though there's some predators out there, I'm keeping my eye on the shepherd because he's going to protect me. He's not going to let anything happen to me. I want to let somebody know today that you need to keep your eyes on the good shepherd. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. He, he's going to protect you. He's going to take care of you. Will you have trials? Will you have circumstance? Will you get sick? Absolutely. But this is what we know. He's preparing you for what you're going to face down the road. He's, he's going to take care of all of those things. He's going to take care of every circumstance and every situation. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And so don't be afraid. Don't be fretful. But he is going to take care of you. He's going to give you rest when you're weary. He's going to do everything. He's, he, he, we can look throughout the scriptures and see it today. Abraham and Isaac in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8. He says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. There's going to go for a burnt offering. He says, where's the, where's the offering? And he said, God will provide it. And so Abraham and Isaac are walking up one side of the mountain. And there's a ram that takes away from the other side. And he comes to pick it up. And so as they begin. They can't, the ram can't see them. God's preparing them to meet at the spot. And that's what's happening in some of our lives right now. We're over here and we can't figure out why we have to go through all of this. But God's over here, got the angels coming up the other side of the mountain. I want to encourage somebody, listen to me today. He has got this taken care of. He's preparing this for you. He's going to take care of you. God prepared. He set in order that sacrifice. It was directed by God. He climbed one side and the ram climbed the other Romans 8, 28 says, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. David in 2 Samuel chapter 21 and 15, he's going out to fight some more giants. He started out as a teenager fighting giants, and he picked up five smooth stones. We've heard it preached all kinds of different ways, but I want you to consider this today. When he picked up those five smooth stones in 2 Samuel 21 and 15, he fought, and then verse 22, therefore was born the giant in Gath. There were four more giants after Goliath that he had to kill. He picked up five smooth stones 50 years ago. God's preparing him for the battle that he's going to face down the road. Because when he picked up that smooth stone to take out Goliath, all he needed was one, but he picked up five for four more giants that he was going to face 50 years later. Come on, somebody, tell me that he's not got things planned out. He's got them all planned out. And he goes out there and faces those giants. So he, and this is what's so awesome in Psalms 144 and 1, he says, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. David is a shepherd. He's out on the fields taking care of his dad's flock. And while he's there, the Lord teaches him 
my hands to war and my fingers to fight. He went from picking up a harp to picking up a sling. He went from picking up a, 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 a shepherd's staff to picking up a bow. He went from being a shepherd to a warrior while God prepared him. What he learned when he fought the lion and the bear, he took that into the battle with David when, when, when David faced, faced Goliath. So he prepared him with all of those things. What you're going through right now, what you're facing right now is going to prepare you for what's coming down the road. We could go on and on all day long, but I know what time it is. But David, his faith was increased. His desire was stronger. He gained confidence. You're doing exactly the same thing right now. What you're going through, what you're facing, the obstacles, there's opposition that you're facing. I'm telling you, you need to understand that God is putting these things in plan. It's a plan. It's a process. It's a purpose. There's purpose for the pain that you're facing right now. He doesn't waste pain on anything. He's going to help you through what you're going through right now so that you can be stronger for the next event that's coming your way. We talked the story of Jonah. He's supposed to go preach in Nineveh. He goes to Tarshish, the furthest city away from him. He's supposed to go. And he gets out on the boat. And the Bible says that the Lord had prepared a great fish when they threw Jonah out into the water. You know what he said? Holy mackerel. <laughs> but God prepared a fish. Some people say, do you think it just happened immediately? There was a fish that just formed? Possible. But you know what I like to think? I think it was born like little Nemo was born. And swam and got to the size, however long it took for it to be big enough to swallow a man. That's what I think. Because God's orchestrated those things. He plans those things out. He prepared a fish to swallow Jonah. So I want to tell somebody today, he's watching over you. He's protecting you. He's there for you. He's the good shepherd. And you say, well, what does this have to do with making a decision? We quote Jeremiah 29 and 10 or 11. He says, he has plans for us, plans for us to prosper. God has very specific plans. When Noah was saved, he didn't just build up a canoe. There was very specific plans on how he was to build the ark. It wasn't what he thought what he thought would be a good idea. You know what? I don't really think it needs to be this length. I don't really know that it needs to be that wide. What I think it needs to be is this. No, he went by the plan that God put forth for him. And when he did that, his family was saved. There is a plan of salvation. It goes beyond just believing. He said, now, preacher, don't get up there and bash every other denomination. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying is, is we believe the word of God. We stand on the word of God. And you, you can read it in chronological order what Jesus set in place for us to preach the gospel, the good news of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It was prophesied in the Old Testament, and it came forth in the New Testament. So he had this plan. That plan is not difficult. It's this simple. You repent of your sins. Now, you say, well, we all know what that is. Maybe not. So I'm going to break it down because I like doing this because this is how I learn. I know I look. No, I probably don't. But I like it to be just basic, simple, because cross the T's, dot the I's. 
repentance. When you repent, you turn away from sin. It's more than just saying, I'm sorry. It's a turning away from sin. Simple illustration. You're born into sin. Everyone has a sinful nature. Everybody that's in this room, from the youngest to the older, was born into sin. You have a sinful nature. To get rid of that sinful nature, you have to repent of those sins. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I'm going through life. I've lied. I've cheated. I've stole. I've said things I shouldn't do. I, we don't have to list them, do we? I can, but we don't have to. All of the sins that we have, I have a sinful nature. Lord, I am sorry. I repent of those sins. I turn from my sins, and I turn to him. And I say, forgive me of those things that are behind me. Forgive me for the lying. Forgive me for the words that I said. Forgive me for the attitude that I had. Forgive me for those things. And, oh, it's so awesome. He said, I am faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And then when you're forgiven of those sins, then you go and you get baptized. You repent of your sins, the death, the repentance. Then the burial is you get baptized. And today we're going to baptize several people, and you're going to make a decision. I'm going to get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission, the washing away of all of my sins that he has forgiven me of. Now my heart is empty. Now my heart is clean because I was baptized in Jesus' name. There is going to be a celebration that takes place in heaven today. When a sinner repents, they throw a party up in heaven. So repentance is a vital step of your salvation. When you repent of your sins and are baptized in Jesus' name, there's no power in that water, but there's power in the name. When we put his name, there's, therefore there is no name under heaven given on men whereby we must be saved. We have to put the name of Jesus. You say, well, I baptized in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Those are the titles of the name of Jesus, which is Jesus Christ. I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm also a preacher. But my name is Trent Sheeran. So we put baptized in Jesus' name. That's the death is repentance. Baptism is burial. And then the resurrection. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's not a language that you learn. You're gonna, it's just going to overflow out of you. I, this is how I describe it to the kids, and it's so simple. I'm going to describe it to you. You take a piece of paper, you put it in the water. You've got two sprays, and the Bible says in the last days, which we're living in the last days, he is going to pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And so I've got my hands raised. Begins to pour out of his spirit and it starts filling up my clean heart because I've been baptized in his name and I've had my sins washed away. And he begins to fill me up, and as he begins to fill me up, it begins to overflow. You say, well, how long have we got to speak in tongues? You know what? The Bible says when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, then they begin to speak in tongues. So it doesn't say, well, they need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. If you speak one word in tongues, you speak some words in tongues, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because it's the evidence of it overflowing out of your heart and your life. Just last week I was preaching at our church and I was talking about, man, I miss the days when you would run the aisles. I miss the days when people would shout their hair down. I miss the days when people would just get so excited because we get excited about everything else, but we can't get excited about the things of God. And I miss all of those kind of stuff. And we had a guest that was in the back and he came and he and he came down and prayed and then he got he texted me the next morning early and he said, I used to think all that stuff was hogwash. 
He said, till I experienced it. Don't knock it till you try it, folks. Well, I don't know, you know, I think that, that speaking in tongues stuff, that's of the devil. No, well, you know what? Check this out. Don't knock it until you try it. You can't argue with my testimony. You can't tell me that he's not filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost because I know he has. You can't tell yourself that after it happens. The enemy will try to tell you, but just be confident. You just keep looking to the good shepherd and you just keep getting refilled and refilled and refilled. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. So he had a plan. He set this plan in process, and today you can experience these things right now. You don't have to wait till tonight to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to wait. Better not overstep that. We can talk to the pastor if you want to get baptized this morning. You didn't plan on getting baptized this morning. You can get baptized this morning. I was, I was preaching in Amory, Mississippi, and we, we, we started baptizing people. We were, it was a kids' crusade, and we started baptizing kids. And this lady came up, and she's like, I want to get baptized. Well, they'd used all of the robes for baptisms. She's like, I don't care. I want to get baptized tonight. So she had like a, I don't think it was velvet. I'm not real good with all those things. <laughs> That's old school velvet, I know. So it was like a dress. She was undressed. My wife gets so tickled because my mom used to call them blouses. My, my wife's like, old school. So anyway, she had this dress on and she's like, I want to get baptized. And the pastor's like, well, we don't really have anything for you. To, do you have any clothes? And she's like, you know what? I want to get baptized in what I have on right now. I'm making a decision to be baptized today. Today is the day of salvation. She got baptized and she got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and received the Holy Ghost right there. It happened. Let me tell you something, folks. It's the best decision you will ever make in your entire life. Now, now don't get don't, whoever, to, whoever told anybody that once you get the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have trials, you're not going to have tribulation, you're not going to have frustration. That's not true, but this is what's so awesome. You can start looking to the Good Shepherd and say, you know what, he's prepared me for this. He, he gave me the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. It doesn't matter what comes against me because I know who's got me right now, and he's propelling me into what I need to do. So there is a plan. There is a purpose. He's prepared you for this day today. He knew January 31st, 2021, that you would be here at this church. No, I don't know. Oh, yes, he did. He knew I would be here. I didn't know it, but he knew it. You didn't know it, but he knew it. So today, he has got this plan. He's just setting up the steps. And when you step back and you look at it and you hear testimony of this is what happened, so-and-so came, they got the Holy Ghost, they bring them, then they brought then this, and you're like, this is just so amazing. When you step back and look at it and you're like, this is so God. He has orchestrated every single step of the way. That's why he wants you today to make the decision to, you know what, I'm going to follow the plan that you set in order thousands of years ago for me today in 2021. Now there's no clock up there because I can't, well, I actually I see it now. Lord have mercy. Let's stand. I'm sorry. If I went too long, I apologize. Brother Jordan told me earlier today that they pay by the hour. 
Is there anybody here today that would like to make a decision? You say, man, I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm a little nervous. Let me tell you something. I've only been here for about two hours now. But what I know about all these people is they don't want you to feel uncomfortable. They don't want you to feel nervous. We're all a big family. Nobody wants anybody to be nervous, upset, scared, any of those things. This is what we want. We want you to experience what we're experiencing. I remember bringing a friend of mine from school to our church. I'm taking a little time because I, I, think, I think I need to. But this, this, this man was on the second row and he had his hand raised. And my buddy goes, why will they not call on him? From the back, all we can see is this guy going like this. And my friend's like, he knows the answer to whatever they're asking. Why won't they call on him? And I was like, he's worshiping. He goes, what's that? So I explained it to him. When he left, he said to me, I like the vibe I feel at this church. I was like, well, that vibe is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. If you're afraid of ghosts, it's the Holy Spirit. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's the Spirit of God that moves on you. And when you start feeling it, you're like, man, I don't even cry. I don't know why I'm crying. Let me tell you something. I heard this a long time ago. If your head doesn't leak, it's going to swell. I'm a crier. I cry. I'm married, I, I'm married to a woman, and I have four daughters. I better cry. I'm just an emotional wreck. It's all right if you cry. When you repent of your sins, if you cry, that's fine. If you're crying when you speak in tongues, that's all right. There's tears of joy. You're crying. It's okay to cry. You say, well, I don't really know what to do. We'll help you. I was at a restaurant one time. I'm sorry, Pastor. I was at a restaurant one time, and this elderly man started choking on a potato. I told a joke. Was, was the, uh, Dan, I told a joke, and he got it, and he laughed, and he choked on a potato. And I start, I start getting really nervous because... He's not stopping choking. And I was like, this is going to be awful if I told the joke and this man passes away because he's laughing at me. So some, at our table was a young man that was an EMT. So I was like, Andrew, do something here, man. Choke him out. Do the Heimlich, something. And he got up and hit him on the back and, 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 and he took care of him. But he knew what to do. When my wife had all our 19 kids, the doctors knew what to do. I never knew. I, I didn't know what to do in there. But guess what? There's people here today that are going to help you with the birthing process. The altar workers, when you come down and you talk to them, you don't have to be intimidated. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be confused. If you have a question, ask them. They're going to help you. We're going to lead you. We're going to help you do what you need to do. And then you're going to experience what we're experiencing. And then the plan is, you're going to help the next person down. Make a decision today. Make a decision today. Say, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I'm going to ask if you would. Those that would like to come and, and make a decision today, I'm going to open this altars. You can come and stand right here. And the Lord is going to minister to you. There's going to be people down here that are going to help you. They're going to help you pray. So I'm going to open the altars right now. He's prepared this ready. He's got this prepared already right now. So as you begin to come, the altar workers are going to come with you. I, I, I'll tell you what to make it easier. Why don't we all just come? 
And then nobody's going to be intimidated. Well, nobody started moving, so I'm not going to move. If everybody came to the altar and we began, look at this, it's beautiful. If you don't feel comfortable, the Lord can touch you right where you're at. But if you do, you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to step out and I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe that God is going to do what he said he would do in his word. And so we're going to start praying. And when we do, we're going to repent of our sins. All across the building, young and old, we're going to repent of our sins. We're going to ask the Lord to forgive us of all of our sins for anything that we've done, anything we've said, any attitude we've felt or experienced. Lord, we're going to ask you to forgive us of those sins. We're going to forgive. We're going to ask the Lord to forgive us, all of us. Young and old, you say, well, I already got the Holy Ghost. Get it again. Get a refill. They're free. He paid the price a long time ago. So let's all do it. There's four steps of this is, this is real simple. Let's just do it because it's easy. I want everybody to close your eyes so you're not distracted by anybody around you. When you close your eyes, you're not distracted. You don't see what's going on. And I want you to lift your head like you're looking up to the ceiling. You're looking up. You're lifting your head because you're looking up. You want to be in a position when the Spirit begins to pour out that you're right there. Now you got your eyes closed. You're not worried about anybody around you. Now you got your head lifted because you're looking up to the heavens. Now I want you to lift your hands in surrenderance. As you lift your hands, you got your eyes closed and your head lifted. Now you're going to open your mouth. You're going to lift your voice. Because when you open your mouth, you open your heart. And so we're going to ask the Lord to forgive us of all of our sins. We're going to ask him to take away anything that's not pleasing to him. So with your eyes closed, your head lifted, your hands raised, lift your voice and begin to repent of your sins. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Everything that I've done, everything that I've said, everything I've been a part of. Lord, you know each one of them and I ask that you forgive me of those things. I ask you to forgive me of the sins that I've committed, Lord. And if I've caused others to sin, I'm asking you to forgive me for that. Lord, I want you to take away these things that are not pleasing to you. I don't want to have anything in my heart that's contaminated. Lord, I want you to forgive me of all of my sins. Everything that I've done in the past, Lord, I'm turning to you. I'm repenting. I'm turning away from those things. And I'm looking to you right now, Lord. You said in your word you're faithful. You're just to forgive us of those sins. And we're asking that you do it right now in Jesus' name. As we repent of our sins, he's doing those things right now. So your own words, your own way, you say to him right now that you're sorry for those sins. Lord, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I'm turning away from those things that are not pleasing to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive me of my wrong. Forgive me of my sin. Take away those things that are not of you, I ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on for just a minute longer, a little bit, minute longer. Come on, everybody across the building. Eyes closed, hands raised, head lifted, voices lifted. Forgive us, Lord, we pray. But I want to move quick past this because I think it's very, very vital. It's the death of the old man, and we're getting ready to have a new birth of the Spirit. I want my sins forgiven, Lord. I want them out of my heart. I don't want them to be in me. I pray it in Jesus' name. Forgive us, God, I pray. Now we've repented of our sins. Now with those same hands raised, eyes closed, head lifted, you're going to begin to thank him. 
You're going to begin to thank Him for taking away your sins. You're going to begin to praise Him. You're going to begin to tell Him how awesome He is. Your own words, your own way, you're going to tell Him, I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for taking away those things that are in my heart and my life. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness. I thank you for what you did at the cross for me, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. And as they begin to sing and as you begin to praise him, he's going to begin to pour out of his spirit. And it's not going to take very long, and the Holy Ghost is going to begin to move on you, and you're going to speak in another language that you do not know. Come on, he's prepared you for this. He's got a plan. Work the plan right now. Now let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost today. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost today. I want you all over the house right now. I want you to turn and I want you to put your hands on somebody. Now, we talked about this 24 hours ago that God was going to use us to minister to people. Now, there's some people in this house today that you came in here and you need God to speak to you. You need God to touch you this morning. If you need a touch of God, I want you to put both hands way up high, way up high in the air, all over the building. Church, I want you to find somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. I want you to move quick all over the building. Let's move. If you need a touch of God, I want you just to lift up your hands real high. We're going to pray over you right now. Come on, we're going to pray over you right now. In the name of Jesus, somebody lift up your voice. Father, right now, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power that's in the name of Jesus, God, we speak, let the Holy Ghost begin to minister. God, we bind every distraction. Lord, we bind every spirit of distraction in the house right now. Father, I pray, let there be a release of the Holy Ghost. Come on now, if you need the Holy Ghost, you want to just open up your mouth, begin to worship the Lord. The power of God's going to fall in the house. God, right now, from the front to the back, let the Spirit of God begin to flow. Let the power of the Holy Ghost begin to flow. Come on now, just lay your hand on somebody. Just lay your hand on somebody and let the Lord use you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, you want to make a decision. You want to not leave here without the Holy Ghost this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, who's going to be the first to get the Holy Ghost this morning? 
in the house today. Somebody's going to leave here changed. Somebody's going to leave here different. Come on all over the building. I want you to lift up your hands. Let's just create an atmosphere where God can move right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here today. God, be the restorer. Be the deliverer. Set somebody free this morning. The Holy Ghost is here to minister to you now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I bind the spirit of anxiety. I bind the spirit of fear this morning. God, make your decision today. Make your decision today. Come on, church, let's create an atmosphere. Everybody just shut your eyes and lift up your hands. Let's make an atmosphere of the miraculous this morning. There's some people being touched right now. Somebody received the Holy Ghost this morning. Received the Holy Ghost this morning. I just want you to lift up your hands and I want you to lift up your voice and in your own words I want you to begin to praise the Lord come on from the front to the back the youngest to the oldest let's just begin to praise the Lord in your own words and as you begin to praise the Lord in your own words something's gonna begin to happen the Holy Ghost is gonna begin to flow right now I love you Jesus I praise you Lord I give you all of the glory I give you all of the glory Jesus Come on, somebody begin to praise the Lord right where you're at, right in your own words. Just begin to praise the Lord. You don't need the word of a song. You don't need the lead of a mute. Just begin to praise God. Let the Holy Ghost begin to flow. Let the Holy Ghost begin to flow right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Say you make Somebody's leaving here different today. Somebody's going to make a decision today to leave here different than you came in.
All over the house, all over the house. Now there's some people that are seeking the Holy Ghost. I want you just to stretch your hands towards them right now. And we're going to pray one more time. And if you need the Holy Ghost this morning, if you need God to begin to change your life, I want you just to begin to tune out every distraction, every voice around you, just begin to tune it out. And I want you to pray right now and just say, Lord, I'm ready to receive what you have for me. I want you to know that this isn't something that you've got to pay a price for. This is a gift. And the Lord's come here with his hand out to give you a gift today. And he's saying, if you want the Holy Ghost, whatever you want from God, you can receive it this morning. So right now, I want us to pray one more time. And there's some people that are coming to be baptized. Listen, if you have made a decision that you want to be baptized, I want you to let somebody know. And we're going to help you make that decision this morning. Now, right now, I want you to turn and look at somebody. Come on, there's people coming to be baptized in the name of Jesus this morning. I want you just to turn and just lay your hand on the person that's seeking the Holy Ghost. And I want you just to begin to pray over them right now in the name of Jesus. If you need the Holy Ghost, I just want you to begin to thank the Lord for it. God, I give you all the praise. I give you the glory. Come on, church, let's pray together. Let's pray together all over the house. God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your power, Jesus. Come on, church. Let's begin to create an atmosphere. There's people being baptized. Just let them do what they're doing. God can still fill somebody with the Holy Ghost this morning. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I give you all of the praise. God, we bind the spirit of shame today, the spirit of self-condemnation today. The first time I sat down in a chair for you to cut my hair, that two years later I was going to have an opportunity to baptize you in Jesus' name. I'm so happy for you and happy for your family and happy for the work that God is doing in your life. And I, yes, I'm going to take you all the way under, and we're going to make sure they're all left here in the water in Jesus' name. Church, extend your hand toward heaven right now. Father, we come to you right now asking you accept this baptism. Lord, right now we thank you for Jamie and the decision that she has made. Lord, as she goes down in water baptism in Jesus' name, we thank you. Church, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Jamie, upon the profession of your faith in the Word of God and your willingness to be baptized, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. 
Ah, 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 ah,